This is Hawaii Rising, a podcast from the Hawaii People's Fund. I'm Kenji Cataldo. I'm Suyuno Amos. Each week, we'll be talking story with grassroots community organizers at the forefront of progressive movements for change in Hawaii. Over this series, we're featuring the 30 grantees who received community-raised funds through the Hawaii People's Fund this year. It's our biggest cohort to date, and we're so excited to share their stories with you. Today, we're speaking with Pua Case, Havane Rios, and Kapule Flores from Mauna Kea Education and Awareness. Mauna Kea Education and Awareness was created in April 2015 by concerned and committed community members in Waimea, predominantly Native Hawaiian, and all women who recognized the immediate and urgent need for all communities to have a deeper knowledge of Mauna Awakea, also known as Mauna Kea. Their mission is to educate and raise the awareness of communities in Hawaii and beyond on the spiritual, historical, cultural, environmental, and political significance of Mauna Kea and to provide cultural learning opportunities to everyone from keiki to kupuna, residents, visitors, and others concerned about native and cultural rights and responsibilities in order to create a platform for the protection of sacred places and for social justice and positive change. We recorded this interview with Antipua, Havane, and Kapule last October. We are here today talking with Pua Case, who is the director of Mauna Kea Education and Awareness, as well as Havane Rios and Kapule Flores. So excited to be speaking with you today. Would you each like to introduce yourselves? O Pua Case ko uinoa, o Mauna Awakea ko Mauna. I'm here today chanting and speaking for Mauna Awakea from Pu'ukapu, the land that has raised us the land that feeds us. And I'm here with my daughters, Havani Rios and Kapule Flores, who really have been raised in the stance for Mauna Awakea and in this organization, really, for the past five years, Mauna Kea Education and Awareness. So we're going to start today by going way back into 2011 and 12 when we as a family became a part of the contested case hearing, the first contested case hearing to stop the construction, the permit of the 30 meter telescope for the top of Mauna Wakea. And there were already five Aloha Aina 
five brave, fierce individuals, four of them in one organization, who already were a part of this Mauna Kea Hui group of petitioners who were going to do whatever they could in the system and on the Aina to do what they could to protect the Mauna. And we were just urged to be a part of that. And, uh, and that became our journey in, at that time. But I'm from a Ohana who's born and raised on the slopes of Mauna Kea, uh, working for Parker Ranch, being ranchers, along with a community of ranchers, farmers, fishermen, and still today, that's the legacy that we carry here in Waimea. So Big Mama, Mauna Awakea, has always been the pico for us. And so we stepped in and we take you all the way to uh, 2015. But before we do that, I'm going to say that my girls, Havani and Kapule, were always brave, always courageous, never had a doubt that we should involve ourselves in the system, you know, that we would have to stand, go to court, do whatever we could. And it would be our first experience there as a family but I was scared and I probably was the only one in my Ohana like that, except for my parents, you know, because I was a teacher at that time. And I knew when Kapule said that Mo'oinanea asked, could we try one more time to stop the telescope? I knew what that would mean for my family. And I was afraid like many of our people might be or people around the world who are just stepping into that system what if we stand alone? What about my safety? What about the construction jobs for, for the workers? You know, you go through all these thoughts, but they never doubted. And I did until I saw on Facebook an organization from Canada called the Idle No More Movement. And the reason I'm mentioning it now is because I'm going to bring it up later when we talk about the formation of Mauna Kea Education and Awareness, because it's very much um, formatted on that first conception of Idle No More that reached thousands and thousands of people. And, and they stood in 2012, like we stood in 2014, going into 15. So in 2015, April 2nd, I'm in a classroom and I'm facing a group of eighth graders at the time. And Havani calls me from the mountain. And she says, Mom, the police are after me. I'm running up the mountain and I think I'm going to get arrested today. And that was April 2nd. And I formally quit teaching that day. Looked at my students who knew what was happening. Never had my phone on in the classroom before, but to that day I did because I knew they were on the mountain. And myself and Chief Kaleen Sisk of the Winnemum Wintu, who was visiting us, started, jumped in the truck, started heading up the mountain. And the reason that I speak of that one experience really is because when we reached the summit on April 2nd, and we saw our people there, and we saw all the police there, and we saw that the construction vehicles had reached the summit, we knew at that moment that there would be no turning back for us. And not just us, but every single person standing on the mountain that day who had never 
some of them never having stood, but just felt they needed to be there. And that day, Havani wasn't arrested, but many were. And we found ourselves heading to the police station in Hilo. And for the first time in my hand, which would not be the last, I had the bail money for as many as I could bail out. And there were individuals just coming over with, you know, whatever money they had. It was one of the most beautiful things I saw at the beginning of that movement, people just coming and saying, I get $10, I get 15, I got 100, I got 300. And through all of that, that calling from the Mauna to all of us, we were able to get everybody out. But what I saw at that moment was that people were coming to the Mauna. And then again, in June of 2015, when over 700 ended up on the Mauna that day, that people were coming to the mountain and they were standing, but a lot of them were asking, Auntie, what is going on here? We're here, but we don't know exactly why we're here. We don't know the case. We don't know really what's going on. And, and that question was asked over and over and over again. And instead of answering it one at a time, uh, five of us, five women looked at each other and we said, okay, we, we have to do something better here. We have to be able to get the information out, raise the awareness, be a presence, activate our people through a means that's organized thus form an organization. So we ended up like the Idle No More movement, which was four women, three native, one ally, sitting around a kitchen table somewhere in First Nations Canada and saying, we, we have to organize, we have to do things better. And that organization had enabled me to become braver than my fear by following them, by interweaving with them. And now it was my turn. So five of us women, four of us native, one ally, sat on a kitchen table in Hawaiian homes, Kuhio village in Waimea, and said, we have to do something different. We have to organize. And we have to begin to spread the word and teach about everything about the Mauna that we could. And it didn't have to just be us. We'd make an organization, we'd raise the funds, and we'd get people out there to begin spreading the word, um, providing cultural, political, spiritual, social, emotional, whatever was needed, whatever was necessary, we'd find the means to do it. And so we began in 2015, and we've just gotten bigger, stronger, wiser, fiercer over time. And so here we are in 2021. And uh, this um, organization really, Mauna Kea Education and Awareness is more than that to us. You know, it's a fine line here, but we are individuals, then we are a family, and then we are part of an organization. So it's really it's really a 24 seven for us. So we have to do better and we're trying to do better at, you know, finding more time for ourselves, but, and, and separating a little, but, you know, it's been that kind of a pace for us and that kind of a life for us because Mauna Kea is our, is our passion. 
it's our work, it's our genealogical link to who we are, it's our storied place, it's part of our chants and dances, it's just the focus and the pico and the summit for most things that we do. So we do it with all that we have within us, with the heart of the mountain, um, guiding us in, in all that we do and all that we say. So um, that's how we, we began. And uh, Havani and Kapule are just an integral part of, of who we are because we vowed that we would spread this awareness, information, knowledge through all means possible. So we started workshops, presentations, created events, um, went on social media, classrooms was our priority and, and our communities. And then we did massive projects and, and we're never without 10 projects, it seems. And it ran all the way from um, gatherings and ceremonies to school lessons and activities and art projects and music and speaking and, you know, travel, everything that we could think of. And I think the far, the most far reaching for us is this alliance building and networking that we've managed to do, not just within our own Pai Aina, but also going throughout the continent, the Pacific, to Europe. I mean, we have done all that we can, and there are many other organizations in Hawaii who are doing all that they can. And the beauty is when we can interweave if we can't take on a project, but we think it's a great idea, we can pitch it to another organization or if we need help with something or social media, let's, you know, weave it together. That is the beauty of what these organizations do, what we as people do. And for me, that's been, that's been a highlight for us in these past five years, going anywhere and knowing that Mauna Kea stands there. And then when we need the help, the Winamum Wintu stand with us, Standing Rock stands with us, Oak Flat stands with us, the Ohlone stand with us. You know, it, it just, the alliances are real, they're strong and they're just getting stronger. So some of the ways that we are in our community we have a whole group of volunteers, depending on what the project is. We just go into a community, we gather them together and we say, guide us with this project we're bringing into your community. So depending on where we are and what we're doing, that body of volunteers is huge. We have an advisory, advisory group above me. And then of course we have Kahea, our 501c3. And we have all sorts of um, organizations, kupuna, individuals, aunties, uncles who are right there to advise us, guide us or support us. So um, it's been the, the life work of for us, for our people. So Havani does a big, big chunk of it and so does Kapule. So I'm going to ask Havani to talk about um, some of the things she does for Mauna Kea Education and Awareness. You know, it's been such a 
different way to journey through this work, especially right now in the pandemic. And so before our work really was centered on the outreach that we physically would do, the traveling, going to different universities, presenting to different communities, different spaces of people that, you know, were in solidarity with this movement, going to different front lines. Like this work was very much so out in the world as much as it was on our own front line here. And so with the shift in this pandemic, it's really gone to presenting online, continuing to keep our connections with the other movements that are standing for water, standing for the rights of the land, for the rights of the people, and continuing to foster these pilina, these very sacred relationships. It's been done through social media, through Zoom, through social media platforms that I'm so grateful that we have to continue to do this, this outreach work. And so most of my time has been spent on different panels, presenting to different schools, to do as much as we can through this platform, to get as much reach as we can, to talk about Monica. I keep on telling my mom, you know, like it's just kind of amazing to me that, you know, in the past 10 years, I think that we've said Monica at least 10 times a day, you know, every single day. And I love that. I love that this is our work um, and that it is so present in our every single moment, every single day. And so that's really been where I've been centering my time is writing, continuing to share on all of my personal social media platforms, continuing to write music about this movement because so much of my own process of um, sharing comes through music and comes through Oli. And so I also um, set up uh, every week I teach a Papa Oli to a group of women who stood on Mauna Kea um, as a space for healing, uh, PTSD, a space for reflecting um, and organizing. Um, and that has been a really beautiful personal journey that is connected to our work for the Mauna. Um, because it's not just, you know, what we do on the outside. It's also our internal work, our healing that we need to do on the inside for our bodies, for our well-being, for our mental health. And so Throughout this, you know, the two years of this pandemic, it's really been um, an inward journey too, um, and really tending to what it means to be a kiai and what the, the healing processes look like, how we can use our aha, the aha chants that we have done, you know, on the mauna three times a day during this most recent stand, and how those oli, those pule, hold us now, hold us still as we heal from our time up there and heal through this work because I really don't think that you know this work is something that we continuously have to heal from you know it's something that we can heal with and through um as indigenous people as Kanaka Oivi and so yeah that's kind of where my uh, focus is and has been and I am looking forward to going back out, you know, and doing outreach physically in the world and connecting to people in that way as well. I'm grateful that we've had, um, you know, this time to do whatever we need to do um, for this organization and for ourselves. Um, and so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to what this next year is going to bring. 
I'll ask Kapule to talk about um, what she what she contributes and and really, like I said, I mean, before she talks about that, and as I'm listening to um, Havani, honestly, this work is hard. It's challenging. It's all consuming and it can take you under when you are a family whose work, passion, job, kuleana is all intertwined as one thing. And um, I don't want us to make this sound like this is, you know, glamorous and we're, you know, traveling around the world doing, you know, all these things. And this is all I can say is this is 24 seven hard work, but we choose this, it's great work. This is for us as connected to this land and this Mauna, we were raised for this, you know, we we're born into this. Our parents had some kind of real connection to the Aina that we inherited that as many families do. And families out there, they know what we're talking about those who are completely committed as part of their life work, it, it's, it's tough, but yet we, we have to, and we need to, and we want to, and it's just about um, a balance and, and uh, you know, and, and we still trying to find our balance in that. And the way we interweave as a family and the struggles we go through when the work gets to be bigger than looking at each other at home. And, and we sing Mauna Kea 20 times or 50 times a day. You know, we want to be really honest about uh, how difficult it is because I see many other families who are in the same situation as us, not just here, but um, all, all around the world that reach out to us and have situations very similar to us. The whole family is standing for something and they're all moving together and they're all working together and they're doing those walks and those runs and those rallies and those marches and the courtroom and the boardroom and they're doing their testimonies. And, you know, I watch my husband stay up night after night just writing a testimony because he's going to get it just right. And we're in two court cases right now, you know, that deal with Mauna Kea. So, you know, it's how you can manage it. It's about managing it. And, and the Mauna, I know, saying to us, hey, I didn't ask you to do all that. I just asked you to try one more time, but I didn't ask you to give up everything or put yourself in any kind of harm's way or, or overwork yourselves for me. That's because you guys, human beings, trying to do way much, you know, and not quite knowing the balance of how to do it. And Kapule, she's my reminder and my checker, like, mom, mm -mm, too much. And, and I'm very grateful for that uh, because she's watched uh, Havani and I go full steam ahead and crash and burn and rise from ashes and, you know, on our knees and then standing again. And, and so um, why I'm saying that is because the younger generation, this generation, they're going to do things based on what they see us going through and they're wiser 
and they're saying, hey, wait a minute, we're not going to do all that way. We're going to do it in a way that has more balance and harmony and health involved. And we're going to be healthy as we go forward. And I'm, I'm counting on that. And I know that that's um, what's going to happen for this next generation, because obviously the stances are going to continue. So tell us what you do, Kapule Flores. Um, aloha, my name is Kapule. Um, well, for MKEA in specific, I do majority of the social media. So that would be Protect Mauna Kea Instagram. There's like a small team of people who have access and run the account and make certain posts. But overall, I'm the person who does the day-to-day managing and posting of the account as well as just like um, filtering out the things we the messages we receive and the posts we get and stuff like that and running it past our other team um, to make sure everything's okay and cleared um, on a, I guess more personal level I do photography and that's been kind of my main involvement in this stance with my family at least I've always been um, capturing through photography, the different ceremonies we've been through, the different stances, um, kind of just our progress through this whole journey and movement over the years. And that kind of took a wider stance, I guess, a more worldly stance in 2019 during our most recent um, frontline stance for Mauna Kea. The photos that I took at that stance um, were probably the photos that reached the largest audience of any of my photos I've ever taken. And that was kind of my goal was to just get out as much photos that I could of what was currently going on from a Native perspective instead of the misconstrued um, just ideas and like rumors and things that were being said about what was going on. I wanted to provide more of a honest and just like you're in the camp as someone who's there to protect, not as an outside view. Um, so those photos were kind of the ones that reached the most people. And I think if people like were to say how they know me um, through photography, that would probably be one of the most common answers is from 2019. And that has led me to um, have amazing opportunities of sharing my work and my voice and my story and my family story in Mauna Kea through um, outlets like Teen Vogue. I was in, I think, last year or maybe two years ago. Um, and more recently, I was able to do a photo series with Malala Fund. And they really let me have like full reign of the whole photo series. And like I got to talk about everything from the overthrow of the Hawaiian Kingdom and sovereignty in Hawaii to the Mauna Kea, um, where I grew up, the town, the culture, the things that, well, we're all really trying to protect here in Hawaii. And I think people not in Hawaii and around the world can relate to certain aspects of just trying to protect their home and their land and our rights um, as Hawaiian people and Native people. Um, so yeah, it's been really, like my mom said, it's Nothing comes without struggle, without the hard work, without the ups and downs. Everything has multiple sides um, and perspectives to it. And I definitely wouldn't be where I am today and with all the opportunities I have to share my voice and my work without Mauna Kea. Um, and so, it, you know, it's a give and take. It was it's has 
taken a toll on our family in a lot of ways throughout the years. And we've had to go through and work through a lot of things because of that. But in another end, it's also given us so much opportunities and a passion and just a good a good overall goal of trying to protect something and spread awareness for that. For them, we're doing this, you know, for this next generation that's just, they're not having to learn it, they're just being it. They're just doing it spontaneously. They don't have to be schooled in how to, because it's just becoming natural for them. And I love that, okay, we have a cakey in the room now. Yeah, who is this joining us now? This is Lava Kua. You want to say hi? Hi. <laughs> hi. You were on the Mauna too, yeah? <laughs> yeah, she came to the Mauna. She was on the front lines and in the AHA too. How old are you, Lava Kua? Seven. She just turned seven. Yeah, this is my partner's daughter. <laughs> okay, so we've got um, we've got at least ten projects going right now uh, in our community, in other communities, in our outreach. We have this incredible, incredible art exhibit called Kukulu, and Kukulu started. Uh, with my pair of boots that I wore on the Mauna for about two, no, three years until they fell apart. And I tell the story about how I went to sleep and my boots woke me up and said, I deserve to be noticed. I deserve to be in an exhibit. I mean, you know, when your boots tell you that and in a matter of days, I was contacted to say that Mauna Kea Education and Awareness and the Mauna Kea Movement had been recognized by a university in Canada on movements and organizations who were succeeding. This was in 2017. By 2018, we had our first Kukulu art exhibit, a huge exhibit with my boots right in the center and the whole Mauna brought down from Mauna Kea into the Hamakua community because Mauna Kea is in the Hamakua district. Since then, we're on our eighth display and soon to have three more because when people come to it, they are on the Mauna. If you cannot be on the Mauna, we bring the Mauna to your community. And when you go there, you are on the Mauna. So the Kukulu exhibit is our way, Mauna Kea Education's way of honoring and recognizing the pillars who have stood for Mauna Kea. Pillars being the people of the community from babies to elders, from those just not yet born in their mother's opus all the way to those who have passed and are now standing as the Kia for us on the other side. So it really is about honoring. We have to honor each other, uplift each other, respect each other, you know, humble ourselves before each other. All of those things are in these exhibits. So we're, like I said, we just installed in Kohala 
because some members of the community said, we need something, especially during this time. It's challenging. You know, it's like there was before COVID, Mauna Kea Education and Awareness and, and during COVID, you know, and, and that's where we're at. We're at during this time, how are we going to keep activating, inspiring, honoring and uplifting our community? And that's where these projects that come into the community and we say, just keep it, just keep it and open your doors. And, and this is a place for your community to know that they are special. They are special. So we highlight people of the community and then we highlight people of all communities. So, I mean, that's like two, two things that we're doing right now, but they're, they're special. They're close to our heart. Um, they, they keep the movement moving for us in a very positive way, in, in the way that we can see that we can contribute, that we can contribute. Um, but even beyond that, even beyond that, what I love about this time period right now, especially in this challenging times, is the way that we're really networking with fellow grantees from Hawaii People's Fund. I mean, those are our relatives, our comrades, our fellow Hawaiians, local people of Hawaii that are doing great work. And when you see the list and you say, wow, that's everybody that we're, we're touching in some way and who are, who are touching and, and helping us in some way. And you can just really help one another and strengthen each other because we can only do what we do. And every organization does what they do the best in. We're not going to do everything and neither are they, but we're all doing something. Some are focused on olelo, you know. We're not speaking Hawaiian language at home, yet three of us went to college for Hawaiian language. And, and Kapule wants to learn it so badly, but that's not our focus. You know, we, we, that's just not happening for us. But there's other organizations and Ohana, that's their focus. And yes, we're going to be able to strengthen that and support that. And then we're not farming. We're not fishing. We're, we got plenty family hunting. But we're not doing that because our life is around what we're doing. But everybody, every organization has a very important, significant, essential piece of everything that needs to be done for us to keep moving in a healthy way and, and become even bigger, better, because we're not going anywhere. We're not stopping at Mauna Kea. MKEA is not just about Mauna Kea. Our last line in our report is always that we are looking at going further and bigger, and we're looking at the entire Hawaii and the future. Mauna Kea is in our heart, is our pico, and we will conduct ourselves with Mauna Kea securely there. But we are here with long-range goals and an eagle view, eyes of the pueo. And we are looking at the entirety of Hawaii and not just for this time, but for all time. And that's how we can move together, work together and do this in a better way is when we're not doing it by ourselves. Is there anything you would like to share to close today? 
it's not just about Mauna Kea, but somehow Mauna Kea, because of its location, because of its importance, because of who it is in our genealogy, Mauna Kea has been what has taught us how to stand, be it in Kapualoha, how to stand in Pono, how to learn how to do things in a better way so we can go to the other movements, we can go to the other communities in Hawaii and stand in a similar manner, the best of who we are, like our kupuna would expect of us. Mauna Kea is like our training ground on how to do that, the temple, where you do the highest conduct that you can, where you are in the realm of the akua, so rise to it. And everyone who has come to Mauna Kea has in some way done that because that's what the Mauna did for us. Okay, I'm just gonna leave us with something that I wrote for the end of my Hawaii People's Fund report. And it was a summary um, that someone asked me a question about uh, what, where do we go from here? What are we gonna do next for Mauna Kea? Because we had come down and they don't know we're in court cases. They don't know we're still doing testimony. They don't know we're gonna stop this any way we can. They don't know we're, you know, we're testifying to National Science Foundation or whatever, whoever on any given day. And so the question, what's next in the stance for Mauna Kea? And my answer to this person was simple and straightforward. What's next in the stance for Mauna Kea? Be a presence, stay activated. Always be prepared and ready for all actions that are requested and directed by leadership, individuals and organizations that you trust, respect and support. Do not grow weary when the front line is in the courtroom or at the board meetings or the community public hearings. Keep praying, chanting, singing and standing, making your elders proud and your descendants brave and fierce. Practice the protocols, values and life ways that have created and sustained a movement and unified a people. Take care of yourself and your family and your responsibilities so that when the call comes, you are grounded with a foundation that is as deep as the ocean and secured in the reaches as high as the heavens. Support and uplift your own people, as well as your allies, your relatives and relations. We will never disappear. The TMT will never be built on Mauna Kea, and we will vision together for the future of the Mauna and for the people of Hawaii. That was my answer to what's next in the stance for Mauna Kea. And I'd really dedicate that in my mind right now. I'm thinking of all those women leaders who are standing right now on front lines, our friends, our allies, our relatives, our comrades, our warriors, sisters and brothers, that we are all still here for one another. And yes, together, we will keep rising, rising like a mighty wave, eh, who, eh, who. Thank you for reading that. That's a beautiful way to end. And thank you all so much for sharing your stories today. 
Hawaii Rising is a podcast from the Hawaii People's Fund produced by me and me with additional support from Mickey. Our theme music is Revolutionary from the band Ukla the Mock, written and sung by Mickey Hui Hui. Production of this podcast is supported by a fellowship from Princeton University. Thank you to our community donors and to you, our audience, for listening. <laughs>